Dr. Michael Roizen. Dr. Michael Roizen. You, the Owner's Manual Radio Show. You're listening to You, the Owner's Manual Radio Podcast and Radio MD, iHeart, or wherever you download us from. Thank you for doing that. Do tell your friends about us. Do rate us weekly. This is 1147B. The Bs are always great guests. The A's, the latest medical news of the week, and what it means to you. This subject is really close to all of our hearts, probably. It's how to prevent cancer. And it's brought to us by Prevent Cancer Foundation. It's preventcancer.org is their website. And Heather Mackey, M-A-C-K-E-Y, who's a doctor of nursing practitioner, our guest today. We're going to get to her background in just a minute, but I want to remind you we're brought to you by lifesfirstnaturals.com. Lifesfirstnaturals.com, the makers of both TrueBiotics and Bovine Colostrum. You can go to their website, lifefirstnaturals.com, to see the randomized double-blind studies that show where they're most beneficial, whether you're an exerciser or just want to prevent colds and upper respiratory infection in the change of seasons. These have been shown in randomized double-blind studies to help with that. And the second, of course, is the Longevity Playbook, our website that helps you stay younger longer. Heather Thompson Mackey received her Bachelor of Science from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, a diplomat in nursing from the Watt School of Nursing in Durham, North Carolina, a Master of Science in nursing from the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and a Doctor of Nursing Practice from the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. So when those schools play each other in basketball, I have no idea who she roots for since it's three different North Carolina campuses that often play each other in basketball, as I understand it. She's certified in oncology nursing, and I'm going to ask her as the first question how she got into preventing cancer rather than just being a treating nurse for it. Heather? Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. And first and foremost, always a Tar Heel. It was a miserable, miserable basketball season this year, but always, always a great day to be a Tar Heel. We could talk a lot about why they had such a great season the year before and a lousy season now with all those guys staying, but I'm not going to get into that. Let's get into how you got to be into this field. You know, I've spent most of my professional career in the treatment area, and in the last probably five or six years of that time, I had the wonderful opportunity to be a nurse practitioner in a high-risk clinic here in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where we saw women, largely, who were at elevated risk for breast cancer and got to have the opportunity to work with them to individualize their risk, to really take specific recommendations and strategies to reduce the risk as much as possible to try to help them live long and happy lives. And I think that my experience prior to that, having worked across a variety of different types of cancer and seeing the huge impact it has not only on patients with cancer, but their families and those who love them, anything that I could do to try to help prevent someone from going down that path or making perhaps them 
have an easier experience by finding cancers sooner when they're more treatable and more likely to result in good outcomes. You know, I wanted to seize that opportunity. And so when I was in my doctoral program working on my degree, I began taking a long look at different opportunities to get involved. And that's where Prevent Cancer Foundation was willing to take a risk with me. And here we are. Now, how much does this focus on newer techniques versus older techniques? So I'm at the Cleveland Clinic, and I know we have a breast cancer vaccine for the most I guess you'd say malignant of breast cancer types being tried in a randomized controlled trial. How much is it the Prevent Cancer Foundation, preventcancer.org, if you will, how much is the Prevent Cancer Foundation looking at detection versus the prevention, such as trying to get more people to get the HPV vaccine, for example? Both are very big parts of our work. And I would say that they're equally important. And when we look at the way that we focus our efforts and our resources, it really is with both things in mind. I think that certainly risk reduction and finding ways through such things as vaccination, as you said, those primary prevention strategies, whether it's through lifestyle choices that people can actively engage in to help reduce their risk, knowing their family history of cancer and what role genetics may play, as well as steps like HPV vaccines and other vaccinations and screenings, you're a large part. You know, some of our most recently, we launched a new campaign called the Early Detection Equals Better Outcomes campaign that really focuses more on that early detection and screening of cancer. I think a lot of the modalities and work that is coming down the pike, so to speak, with innovative technologies we're very excited in and we're very, very involved with. But for the general population, it's still those benefits of regular routine screenings, taking advantage of them, and finding ways to really integrate it into someone's life. We recently had a survey that we undertook. It was our first annual, what we hope will be annual surveys of looking at the cancer screening practices of Americans 21 years and older. And one of the surprising things we found was that about 65% of those Americans 21 and older aren't up to date on at least one of their routine cancer screenings. In fact, it was somewhat surprising. People are actually better at getting their car's oil changed than scheduling their routine screenings. And so our goal is really to try to get people to take a more proactive approach, many ways, just like they are with their car, about scheduling their physicals and their routine cancer screenings before signs or symptoms occur. You know, I'm actually, when I read the data, I was actually surprised that it was only 65% because between breast cancer screening and colon cancer screening, and pap smears for cervical cancer, and routine other screenings, if you will, such as getting your mouth examined and seeing a physical exam for bumps and lumps that may be abnormal. I was surprised it was only 65%. What is the Prevent Cancer Foundation doing to try and increase the screening rates? I know you're doing a lot, so you can go to any one specific area. 
I think a large part of that is really empowering patients, or I should say empowering people, because unlike as we talked early in the the interview about, you know, my career working with patients, it really is working with people before their patients, and we hope to keep them from ever being cancer patients, but really empowering them through education of what screenings they need based on their age, based on their body parts, based on the type of things that play a role in determining what their individual risk may be for cancer. Learning why it's important to get screened. One of the concerning things that came out of that survey as well is that many people reported they didn't think they needed to be screened because they weren't experiencing signs or symptoms of the particular disease. And so thinking and really getting people to reframe their approach to what cancer screening is and what the intent it's set out to do is a big part of our work. So we hope that with by educating people on the cancer screenings they need and those benefits of routine screening, that we can address those problems and give them the best chance of preventing cancer or detecting it early. If someone wants to find out more about the Prevent Cancer Foundation, in addition to going to preventcancer.org, is there something else they can do? I notice on your website there are some free, what I call, infographics and charts. What are those all about? Yeah, we've got several infographics and various resources that are available on our website that people can use to learn more about various aspects of cancer screening and early detection, as well as steps they can take to reduce their risk by adopting lifestyle practices that are healthy. We also have a couple of good tools, I think, that are on the website that people can visit and use. One is a screening quiz that allows them to go through and enter their information, again, based on things such as their age, body parts they have or body parts they may not have. And through this, they come up with results that shows them a list of what screenings are recommended to them that they can then take to their healthcare provider's office to have a conversation. One of the other surprising things for me and it's kind of disappointing being a healthcare clinician, is that 40% of survey respondents told us that they had never discussed routine cancer screenings with their healthcare provider. And we know that the visits are hard to come by, you know, right now in terms of the timing with the healthcare system, that when you need to get in for preventive care, it can be difficult. But those visits can also be very challenging because there's a lot for the healthcare providers to be covering during that time that they have with you face-to-face. So again, that empowering of people to be educated on what screenings they need, why they're important, and encouraging those conversations with their healthcare provider will allow them to be able to advocate for themselves and to create a personalized screening program for themselves that they can then implement to lead long, healthy lives. You know, one of the things we found very effective in managing, for example, type 2 diabetes and managing some of the other chronic diseases that we see in both executive health and the Wellness Institute, the Cleveland Clinic, is having a buddy system. And that buddy is usually not a spouse because a lot of people can yes their spouse and then not do it, but to go to the screening or to get their screening or their immunizations with a buddy, and the buddies are responsible for each other. 
Has that been tried with cancer, for example? Has that been tried with breast cancer screenings or pap smears or colon screenings? We see it in, in chronic disease management, but I haven't seen whether it's been tried in that cancer screening area. Yes, actually, you know, looking very similar, I think, with community, we work with several community grant organizations and different people in their local communities that are trying a variety of different systems, whether it's reminder systems, working with healthcare systems, whether it's within clergy and church-based things that in terms of reminders and buddy systems can be very effective, as can things such as, you know, working with, I think that that ability to have a partnership or have a relationship with someone to check in from time to time about what's going on. You know, hey, have you made your mammogram? Hey, have you had your pap smear? You know, there are many screenings. We just came off of National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month in March, and colorectal cancer is certainly one that a lot of people delay and don't like to talk about. But by having someone who you are somewhat accountable to through a buddy system or you can work in partnership to remind one another can be very valuable. One of the things that, you know, we talk about is, you know, ways you can also plan rewards for one another. So say if you're working with a buddy to make sure that you are making the necessary appointments to have these screenings done, then one of your rewards could be time out with them, whether it's taking a walk on a nice spring day like today or perhaps going out for a nice lunch or, you know, something that you would not otherwise make time easily for yourself, you can use that as an incentive to then reward yourself when you do complete those screenings that you set out to do. I want to thank Heather thompson Mackey for joining us today and informing us. The website is preventcancer.org. They've got some great infographics there that you can use, maybe to motivate your friends. But I think one of the keys that I take from chronic disease management that now seems, as you heard, being done in cancer management is, in fact, doing the full thing of getting a buddy and being responsible to your buddy. I can tell you of a bunch of stories where responsibility to a spouse didn't work, because the spouse said, did you get your colon cancer screening? And they kind of yes them when they hadn't gotten it and then developed metastatic colon cancer, very bad disease. So my hope for all of you is that you take preventcancer.org seriously. And thanks, Heather, for coming on. We, of course, are brought to you by Life's First Naturals, the makers of Trubiotics and Bovine Colostrum, both of which I take routinely because the randomized double-blind studies show that they're effective at preventing some of the chronic diseases I want to avoid, as well as the longevityplaybook.com, longevityplaybook.com, where you can find out much more about how to slow your rate of aging. Heather, thanks again. This has been 1147B, the B's of you, the Owner's Manual Radio Podcast, are always great guests like Heather. The A's, the latest medical news of the week. I hope you'll download us next week. Tell your friends about us. 50,000 of you a week can't be wrong. So thanks very much. See you next week on the podcast.